Uh, welcome to the Suarez Life podcast. I'm Will Evans. Bit of a change of pace today. Um, my co-host Brad Larkin's been benched, and we've got our first ever guest. Um, and we're lucky enough to have the big cheese himself here for a chat. Uh, Warriors CEO Cameron George. How are you, mate? Thanks for joining us. I'm well, Will. Yourself? Uh, everything's good at my end. Then uh, it's uh, a pleasure to be sitting down having a chat to you. Oh, that's great, mate. And the 2020 season's only a few weeks away. How are you feeling and what does 2020 look like in Cameron George's crystal ball? Excited. Um, I think there's uh, a lot to look forward to um, from our end. Um, sadly, we've lost a couple of players in the last two weeks, though. Uh, Bunty Afar and Jackson Fried and knee injuries, but... That said, it presents opportunities to other people to stand up, and we have a really good young squad that's worked extremely hard over the off-season. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it unfolds from this weekend onwards, um, but very excited about the year ahead. I mean, after you came on board midway through 2017, everything you touched seemed to turn to gold for the first 18 months. Um, the club was, was flying. Um, obviously, last year was a bit more challenging. What were your main takeaways from 2019 that have sort of helped you, I guess, look ahead to the future? Uh, Continue to work hard, stick to your plan, um, and ensure that, you know, you have good people around you all the time. Um, That's from footy players to staff um, to some advisors. And it's important that you stick to your plan on where you're going, what you're doing, uh, and continue down that pathway, um, irrespective of some some downs. Um, we always know that you're going to get an up here and there, but it's such a tough world um, in the sporting sector, and when you're part of the NRL, the toughest competition in the world, um, you know it doesn't give you any any gifts. You got to go and get it, and that's what we're striving to do as a club. We've had to do a number of things in the last couple of years um, to get on the right track, and and it's going to be very good for us long term. Uh, two and a half years at the club, are you happy with what's been achieved and where the club is at overall compared to when you arrived? I always want to win, Will. Um, no doubt that's our focus, that's our mandate um, spread across the, the business. It's to work hard, win at everything we do and as often as we can. And um, So that disappoints me. We haven't done that more um, than not um, for our fans and our sponsors. And it's a burning, burning thing inside you all the time about wanting to lead this club and be a part of this club um, when it can lift a trophy for our fans around the nation and also in Australia. So, um, you know, there's a lot to do um, and, and, and we have the right people here to get it done. It's just going to be a timing thing and hopefully that's sooner rather than later. It is tough in the NRL, obviously, you, you could be the best run, most profitable, most professional club in the competition, but if the first grade team in that sort of bottom five or six, none of the uh, other stuff seems to get talked about much. That's right. Uh, that's just the, the nature of it. Everyone looks at results um, and, you know, that's what they're passionate about. And, you know, we as a club don't dare plan to lose. We don't dare plan to... Uh, right in the, the bottom half of the competition. Um, everything we do is to add value to um, us as a footy club and a footy team. So it's challenging for us all when, when it's not coming together. Um, but let me tell you, uh, you asked me on one of the learnings is, is, you know, you can have good management in place, uh, whether it be 
captain of your team or your leadership group or the coach or the coaching staff, management in the commercial side, whatever it be, there's an awful lot of good luck that goes with it though. Um, you know, you look at injuries, you look at penalties, you look at, you know, weather, uh, all those things contribute to either good or bad performances and or a good or bad year. So there's so many things that have to go your way to get it right, but if we can have our foundations right, which we're all but there, um, it'll spring borders into more good times than not. Now you're probably sick to death about getting badgered about uh, the recruitment situation, but it sounds like there's a few wheels starting to turn in that department even before the, the season gets underway. Um, certainly, yeah, I understand everyone's desire to sign anyone and everyone as soon as you can. Um, I feel like, and it goes back to my original point about sticking to our plan, I feel like um, everyone looks at who you sign, uh, but equally as important, it's about who you let go as well. Um, that can really reshape your culture and reshape your future. Um, the salary cap, cap is such a dynamic and moving aspect of your business that has a huge impact on your future and the moment you get it wrong it can have a long-term effect on what happens with your footy team and ultimately their performances and who you can keep and who you, who you can attract um, so every time the opportunity arises to look at a signing or um, allowing someone to move on before their contract expires um, we do a lot of ruthless thinking about it. Um, first and all, first and foremost, we want good people, um, and if they can bring good footy ability to the club to improve our squad, that's probably the person we'll sign. So we're not about to rush it um, because if you get it wrong, it has you know some dire consequences. So we're a club that's got a very good young base coming through. Uh, mixed with a few experienced ones and ultimately those young ones will take over and we've developed our squad into the people we want um, which uh, I think will really excite our fans. And it's a bit of a, a catch-22, is it not? It's, it's hard to become one of the better teams in the NRL if you can't recruit those quality players but quality players are seemingly avoiding the Warriors at the moment and, and maybe well until we become a regular contender again. It is without a shadow of a doubt um, if you're winning everyone wants to come and play for you absolutely so that's you know that's our challenge that's what we've got to get up to the other part of it is mate that um, you know to to attract people to this beautiful country here in New Zealand is not as easy as it is uh, for a lot of other people outside of um, sport because yeah, you know to move someone out of Sydney where they've got probably six or seven other options to look at in terms of rugby league clubs the young family to New Zealand is a challenge when they haven't got family over here. Um, if it's a young person not necessarily interested in moving overseas at that stage of their life, um, and you know if it's a Kiwi uh, looking to have them come back to New Zealand, could be or might not be attractive for various reasons. So it is difficult, but um, you know I think as you say, if we're winning. That argument, or part of that argument, is uh, not there, and it just helps us attract. So, we're just got to head down, uh, recruit who we can for the right reasons, and develop the best we can in New Zealand. And that's what our new pathway and 
Sky Sports structure is all about underneath us. Um, just moving on to the juniors, obviously it's an area you guys have been looking at very closely. Um, you're no longer fielding a Jersey flag team, the, the New South Wales Under-20 competition. Instead, you're fielding a, a team in SG Ball, the Under-18s comp over there in New South Wales. Um, I, I gather it was Brian Smith's sort of brainchild, that one. Um, can you take us through briefly what the rationale of that move is? Yeah, I've filled out the club for a number of years, potentially hasn't focused in this area. Uh, while it's had... Um, you know, had hands-on in certain parts of it. There really hasn't been a, a recognised and uh, an established structure underneath to develop the kids through uh, once they've been attracted to to um, you know, to the club. So Brian was here a couple of years ago, and, and over that time until he left last year, um, really looked at what works best. Um, at other clubs and what we don't have here and what, what we do have here and what we can enhance and, and that whole area of juniors pathways and structure was, was a key focus and I'm really proud of the work that's, um, you know, that's been done by the club to implement a structure that now will identify the best talent in New Zealand and give us every chance to retain them as, you know, for as long as we can to wear our jumper. Um, by bringing the, the, the under-18 team into play and, and relinquishing our, our position in the under-20s competition meant that we were able to bring our, our jumper closer to the kids. Um, you know, not, not having that opportunity to play for the Warriors until they were 20, you know, closer to 20 years of age was too far away from when you were trying to attract, you know, that 15, 16-year-old kid here to our club, uh, whereby our competitors in Australia We've had the same conversation, but provided with that opportunity to wear their colours and their jumper uh, much sooner at 16s and 18s before the 20s. So we felt that that was a key reason why a lot of kids were leaving the country um, and not staying to play for us. So where will the players who are too old for SG Ball but don't get chosen for NRL and Canterbury Cup each week be playing? So from that point on, um, we'll be able to retain uh, the best you know the cream of what we, who we believe has got, um, you know, immediate NRL, um, I suppose, abilities, uh, and put them into our development list and put them into our training squad for, you know, the seasons ahead and Canterbury, um, you know, the Canterbury Cup opportunity as well. For those that take a bit longer to develop, uh, we'll look at other opportunities for them. Um, potentially placing him with other clubs um, outside of the NRL naturally and just retaining our interest in them through those channels. Um, so it's not as if we're, we're losing him, we're just better managing him through, um, you know, through that time phase that either they develop quicker uh, than others and there's always an opportunity to come and play for the club once you get you know, NRL ready. Uh, by placing them with other clubs, do you mean uh, whether in the Auckland competition or sort of Queensland Cup, um, New South Wales Cup, or? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's 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 opportunities uh, you know, both domestically and internationally to look at that. Uh, we've been speaking to Auckland Rugby League about the possibility of an under-19s competition. So um, there's all sorts of discussions happening, um, but there are extensive opportunities to. Um, to continue the development of good young players coming out of our 18s team forward that could eventually see them wearing our NRL colours. 
um, in the under-19s competition, is that likely to, to get the go-ahead this year, or um, is it run out of time? Um, no, not to my understanding. Um, obviously, we don't run competitions. We just try and um, you know, support them as best we can. So it's really up for the governing bodies, i.e. Auckland Rugby League and the likes, to look at those with their clubs. Um, you know, we've certainly had those discussions with them, but if that eventuates in the near, in the near future, so be it. If not, we'll just keep doing what we do, which is developing the players as best we can and, and providing them the opportunity to do abilities and performances um, seek. Um, and you uh, hit the headlines earlier this year with your call to arms um, in the All In Video series. Um, got a lot of attention, especially in Australia, um, funnily enough. Um, personally, I thought it was a great message. Um, what was your motivation behind, first of all, doing it and then making it available to that wider audience? Um, well, well, to be honest, it's um, you know it's not uncommon for me to address the the whole club. It wasn't just the players; it was the whole club. We get together uh, probably three or four times a year to have a look at where the business is, where the you know the whole club is, how the whole club's doing, what we can do better, who can help, who who needs to improve, and so forth. Um, and um, so it was just another one of those gatherings and uh, you know my messaging at that point was to you know for all of us to understand on and off the field that it's been a tough year hasn't been good enough we need to work harder together and stick together um at, you know when the challenges get thrown at us and from that point mate to be fair that the passion <laughs> took over um and you know that, that's just who i am um in terms of why it was released, it was part of you know, a documentary that our boys are doing called All In. And you know, I, I wasn't hiding anything. I wasn't trying to um, be anyone I'm not. Um, it was just my, that's just me, that's just my messaging. Um, and the passion took over and I'm not embarrassed by it. And you know, at the end of the day, um, we as a club need to stick together. We need to lock arms when times are tough, and and we need to we need to bounce out of it and improve and be better for our fans. So, you know, if other CEOs don't want to say that stuff and don't want to do that stuff and don't get passionate about it, well, that's their call. I've got no interest in, you know, really how the media perceive it. Um, it was me, it was my staff, and the players, and we're all in it together. And it was just my passion. So, there's no apologies for that. I'm riding the, the emotional wave as everyone else is, which at the end of the day, I just want to win. I'm sure that part of it, well, particularly the reason for including it in, in the video was, uh, you know, to show the fans that the, that everyone there is passionate and, you know, it's a, it can be kind of hard to see from the outside that that is the case. Yeah, like we, we at the end of the day, we put a lot of time and effort into, um, you know, bringing the fans closer to who and what we do behind the scenes here and yeah it was an insight into that um and you know there's been other times where we've been passionate about other messaging as well um you know we might have done it in different ways but as laurie daly said to me the other day in an interview in sydney that um you know it was refreshing for him to see a, a leader of type in a, in a rugby league club uh from an ex-player's perspective that he knew that the staff were in the in the trenches with them with the players when times were tough it wasn't 
the messaging that I was trying to portray wasn't separating players from staff. It was like we're all in this together, and you know that that's basically what I what I was trying to get across. Um, and then you know when the bull, bullets get fired at us, I'm more than happy to stand in front and take them as the CEO, providing everyone's putting in the effort. So that's really where we're at with everything now, and it's great to see the effort that everyone's putting in over the off season. How the ownership change with Ortex and Mark Robertson taking over? Has that changed things much for you and the club? He certainly seems a bit more hands-on and, and a bit more vocal than um, our owners that we've had in the past. Yeah, it's outstanding. Uh, Mark and Rob Crute, our chairman, have been absolutely outstanding in their contribution to the club. Um, the manner in which they conduct themselves is passionate. It's um, inclusive. It provides confidence within the workplace and also, you know, some stability, which is something this club has been crying out for for a number of years, and in particular the last two and a half, three years. Um, so to have all that stuff settled well before the season starts, is it, you know, it's, it's a real blessing for me uh, and the organisation. And um, you know, I, we couldn't wish for better owners. They're, um, you know. They're vocal, passionate, and that's what that's what you want. That's what your fans want. That's what the club wants, and um, and I'm just so happy to have you know to be a part of their team at Ortex as well. Uh, the Warriors are on the end of some horrific officiating last year. Um, you came out pretty hard after, particularly after the Parramatta game, which I think most Warriors fans applauded. Uh, whether it's a subconscious thing to give us the rough end of the stick or not, how do you approach that sort of thing moving forward? Is publicly addressing it still the way to go or working with Graham Annesley and the NRL behind the scenes? Oh, look, we're, we're pretty well um, up to speed with you know, where everything's at. They're, they're, they're trying to improve performances as well. and I think the important thing for us in preparation for the 2020 season is to just get better as a footy team and try and eliminate those calls as best we can um, from determining the outcome of the game. Um, if we can do that by performing better, I think you know, the performance of the referees in our eyes won't be such a problem. Um, there were challenges with it last year, but you know you just got to move on from that, Will, as you know. And um, um, it's just important we get better as a team and take those referee calls out of play. And I just wanted to highlight one of the, the great things the club's doing off the field um, with Tenterfield, the um, small town that's been hit by bushfires in northern New South Wales. Um, how did that sort of relationship come about? Um, it's, yeah, you know, I know the town. Um, I grew up not far from there. And, you know, the challenges of that town at the time, we, we looked to do something along, you know, that, that those those lines um, was probably the hardest hit town in New South Wales. Um, it's nice to say now that their dams are flowing, rivers are flowing, they've had a lot of rain since, and um, that's really pleasing to see. But at the time, they, you know, in the space of 12 months, they had five or six bushfires that went through the town. They've been living in a drought, they've been boiling water. They were a week off having no water, then they were lucky enough to find a, um, a bore to help them get through that period so through a connection I was able um, to speak to the mayor and um, they were very excited and um, you know we're very excited to help them out um, sadly you know since that time there's been a number of other towns in, Aust in Australia 
that have been affected by fires and, and drought as well, and um, you know, some really sad stories. So you'd love to help everyone, but I'm really enjoying our association with Tenerfield, and I think there'll be some a couple of announcements we'll make in the near future that could have a bit of fun with them. Um, what would your message be to Warriors fans um, in particular? Those are pro- probably uh, a little bit worn out after seven poor seasons and the last eight on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they, they are worn out. I see that. I hear that. Um, I get it. Uh, I'm trying my best. The staff are trying their best. Uh, ensuring the players are provided with the best around them to to give them every opportunity to, to excite our fans again. Um, uh, every recruitment decision, every decision we make is about making it better. Um, everyone's going to have a different opinion on that stuff. So I get all of the the makeup of what makes a fan a fan and their challenges with the club that hasn't been winning. But the reality of the situation is that we're 25 years old, we haven't had a lot of success, hasn't been great investment in certain areas. Uh, we're picking all that up now. We've been trying to overturn that in the last couple of years. Um, but the young kids that are coming through underneath, finally, uh, through recruitment and development, uh, we're starting to see the benefits of that. And that's why successful clubs have long-term success because they have very good structures that just flow the and produce the, the the talent from underneath the NRL level. And I'm seeing that coming through now. Um, we've got some exceptional people in that space working. I Slade Griffin, Simon Mannering, Greg Bulos. So they're, they're, they're meeting people for the first time they walk into the club and instilling the high standards that they have in their careers, um, be it for Melbourne or for the Warriors. So very excited about having all that in place. Just be all in with us in 2020. It's going to be a fun ride. Um, the, the intent from the footy team is to play an exciting brand of footy, um, which is going to have good and bad times. But let's just be all in and have a bit of fun. And I tell you, we'll be winning more than we we'll lose, losing. We're going to rattle a few cages. I can't wait, mate. That sounds good. Uh, just last question, mate. We've, we've been uh, canvassing opinion across the game. We we're uh, fascinated by what sort of music people listen to. So um, just wondering what sort of music Cameron George listens to on his way to the game, or after a win, or to cheer himself up after a loss. What 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 are your uh, favourites? I I just enjoy most forms of music. To be fair, I, um, I like to relax a little bit. Not too much. Works me up, um, but um, on the way home, I uh, I certainly um, enjoy not while I'm driving, but when I get home, I certainly enjoy sitting back and having a beer and, and reminiscing over how the fans were stoked with the win and how the players were stoked and what it means to so many people. So, but I just I turn the volume up, have a few quiet ones, and enjoy the time, whatever's on the radio. Uh, now, my co-host, Brad Larking, is, he likes to predict what uh, certain figures are, are going to be into. So he's said uh, for you, Credence, Clearwater Revival, U2 and John Cougar Mellencamp. Is he anywhere near the mark? U2, massive yeah. fan of U2. Yeah. Massive yeah. fan. Yeah, good boy. So, yeah, he's funny there, but I don't mind a little bit of country music either. Yeah, I thought, I thought you might be. You've uh, sort of got that, that kind of northern New South Wales... Uh, draw that that suggests that you'd be into a bit of country but <laughs> yeah, a bit of right. john williamson and that sort of thing mate kenny rogers hey the gambler ah, yeah <laughs> beautiful 
Um, thanks very much, Cameron, for, for being um, such an engaging first guest on the podcast and uh, best of luck for 2020. No doubt we'll be talking to you again at some time, hopefully after a grand final. Appreciate it. Thanks, mate, and thanks for your support. All right, thanks very much.